Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. It's Thursday. You're listening to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Appreciate you joining us all across the state of Mississippi. Luke Johnson, Kelly Santer, Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, good show for you today. Patrick Stats McGee. Stats McGee will join us a little later as we're getting ready for uh, some basketball tonight in Reed Green Coliseum. Sunbelt action as Southern Miss entertains the Arkansas State Wolves. Also, we will hear from uh, an interview that Kelly conducted with Mo Arnold of the basketball team a little later. Uh, but uh, we appreciate you listening uh, to us today and joining us for, for a great show. First segment, as always, brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. Hey, Kelly, been having more and more tailgates for basketball. Dickie's Barbecue this coming Saturday. Great. Uh, for uh, for a, a, a pregame tailgate for basketball. Actually, the AFC and NFC Championship games also coming up this weekend. So uh, I will be having a little gathering at my house of uh, of intelligent people that are cheering for Cincinnati this weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They're in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this from the Bears fan sitting over here. Hey, they got the number one draft pick. There, there's a, <laughs> that they're going to trade. That they're going to trade, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, it is media day for Southern Miss Baseball. That's where Bob is today. He's going to be getting some great interviews for us. Uh, Heath Hinton under the weather uh, today, so we went and got another member of Big Gold Nation, staff writer Ben Milam, who has graciously filled in for us as well as a co-host on this program. And He's actually at the Pete right now. Ben, how's your Thursday? It's going well, guys. Always great to be on. So you're out at the Pete getting ready for the 130 Media Day. What are you most excited about um, to uh, to watch from this team this year? Yeah, there's a lot of things. I mean, obviously a lot of turnover on the mound. And so there there are a lot of question marks there. But, but I think it also brings some excitement to see a lot of a lot of the new faces and also some of the guys that we saw a little bit out of last year and saw the talent that was in the bullpen or some of these starters that we'll see this year that were kind of buried because of how talented and deep it was last year. And we're going to get to see everybody uh, because there are those question marks and there's a general lack of experience, I would say, especially relative to last year. I, I think the approach early on on the mound is is kind of, open the doors of the stable and let everybody run free to see what you have. And there is a lot of talent on the mound. And so I, I think that's that should be something that, that Southern Miss fans are excited about is is to see 
what Coach Ostrander has built after losing so much after last year because he has done such a great job over the last few years reconstructing staffs. And then on the hitting side, I mean, you bring back seven of your nine position players. You fill in the gaps with some really talented JUCO guys. I mean, um, Matthew Etzel is the number one incoming JUCO player in the country from D1 Baseball. Uh, and Parker out in left field is going to be competing with Reese Ewing. And, and so there, there just are, are not a lot of holes on the offensive side in the lineup if you look at it all the way up and down. Uh, so there's, there's a whole lot to be excited about. Question marks, sure. But I think the general consensus, as evidenced by all the ticket sales and everything else coming up, up about this season, uh, is that there's a, there's a whole lot to be excited about. Yeah, I know Kelly will probably want to talk to you a little more about Tate Parker and some other hitters. My question, uh, before I pass it off to him, you know, you look at, you, you talk about the experience. I mean, all through 109 innings, the next guy that you've got coming back is Isaiah Rhodes with 30 innings. Adams threw 23 last year. I mean, this is an opportunity for guys like Nico Maza, maybe the Martin kid that comes in. You lose Chandler Best. He's not available. But somebody is going to have to step up. But we've seen that out of an Ostrander staff uh, the last several years. Who are some names? Adams is in there. Of course, Hall's your Friday night guy. Who could be some more names that could emerge as uh, a third weekend starter and a midweek starter? Yeah, well, I think I think you mentioned him right there. Nico Maza is is uh, <laughs> you mentioned it too. I mean, he did not throw a whole lot last year through five and a third innings. But I think you know, like I, I talked about just a second ago, I think that the talent was obvious. I mean, he was a big recruit coming out of MRA in Madison, and he's he's a power arm type guy, but he's also you know he's got some pitchability to him, especially uh, from what we saw in the fall. 92 to 96 in the fall scrimmages with a power slider. And what Coach Ostrander has done so well over these last few years that we've seen time and again is, is add a third pitch that plays uh, for more of a starting role. And we saw that from Nico in the fall and, um, you know, getting really strong reports out of the early portions of of the workouts here in the spring. And so he's a, he's a guy, I mean, you, you really look at your options starting wise, obviously you have Tanner Hall. And then I th- I think it's Nico in that second spot. And then obviously Matt Adams, who had some strong starts last year and kind of came on at the tail end of the year. Um, and then you've got, you know, a couple of transfers out of uh, Eastern Connecticut. Um, Oldham, Billy Oldham, Billy Oldham. Yep. Yeah, Billy Oldham, he's a junior. He's got two years to play out of Eastern Connecticut State, actually, to be technically correct there. Um, and he's, he's more of a pitchability guy. He's kind of, he's kind of in between Adams and Mazza. Uh, but he's, he's a guy who's going to get a lot of innings. And it, if he's not in that starting weekend rotation on opening weekend, I would expect him to be the midweek guy out of the gate, uh, just because of that experience and the lack of general experience in those options that you're looking at with your starting rotation. And then, I mean, you've got a couple of guys that could also, you know, wedge their way into it. I mean, we've seen over the last few years a, an opening weekend starting rotation, 90% of the time is not going to look the same, um, you know, that it did at the start of the year, at the end of the year. A guy like Holland Towns, who's a, who's a young guy they're really excited about, and Nick Monastere, who is who's kind of a utility guy, but I would expect him as a true freshman, which is rare to say, to to get some looks on the mound early and maybe in midweek action. 
And so you, you've certainly got the options there. Ben Milam joins us, writer with the with Big Gold Nation. You can see his writings if you're a member of a Big Gold Nation. Joining us on the show today, I want to pick up more, Ben, on what you're talking about, freshmen in particular. You hear a lot of fans now say, "Is it is it just us, or why do freshmen nowadays seem to be more game ready as true freshmen?" than it was 20 years ago when maybe they'd be ready as juniors and seniors. And I contend that it's because of travel baseball, national tournament baseball, perfect game, Under Armour, Baseball Factory, all these sorts of organizations where these good players are getting to see high level of competition at a younger age. Pick it up from there. Yeah, well, I think you're exactly right. I mean, it's a a typically national circuit. And for a lot of these guys – you know, whether or not it's the right way to go about it, they specialize in baseball. And that's, that is sometimes their only sport. Sometimes they play one on top of that. But baseball is the primary thing, and they play that year-round. And so they see this competition, and not only are they going out there and playing baseball in, you know, outside of actually playing games, they are focused on development towards the next level. And I think that's, that's more of the difference compared to 10 or 15 years ago or even 20 years ago is guys were getting good competition and they were playing high-level baseball, but they weren't specifically looking towards playing at the next level. And so now they can focus on specific parts of their game that will translate to the next level and give them a bump in recruiting. And they're getting in front of all these college scouts who are telling them, okay, this is, this is specifically what you need to work on or what's holding you back, or this is a strength that you really need to lean into that is going to get you to the next level. And I think that's that's part of why you see this big movement towards younger talent being ready. And Ben Milam pitched uh, at, at a high level, so he certainly knows what he's talking about there. Now, going into the season, managing expectations to me, real important. We, the Eagles had a great record last year, and you don't know what the record's going to be this year, but the schedule may be harder than it's ever been. So... What is your advice to fans, Ben, about managing expectations either way going into this season? Yeah, well, that's um, you know that's sort of just a result of, of playing high-level baseball consistently, and that's that's what Southern Miss has done. You you keep making the next step. Uh, I mean, obviously, last year you win the regional and host the super. Then you're going to have high expectations. I think that's that's just a, a natural result of of playing really good, consistent baseball. But yeah, you're exactly right. I think I think you look at the depth of the Sun Belt. This is something we've talked about uh, in terms of basketball. The Sun Belt tends to to beat itself up a little bit because there are there really are not a whole lot of, if any, cakewalk weekends on the base baseball schedule. You're not going to come into a weekend like you know you probably had three or four on the conference usa schedule where you expect to sweep a weekend and i don't know that that's the case for any weekend in the Sun Belt. well we always enjoy your insight uh, ben milam is at media day at pete taylor park as the eagle baseball team gets ready to dust off the cleats and get after it for real and again you can see all of uh, ben's insight more insight on BigGoldNation.com. Ben, good to talk to you. We'll talk to you again soon. Always, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Ben Milam joining us. When we come back, the man who knows all of the numbers and what's inside the numbers. In fact, he knows them so well, he's nicknamed Stats McGee. He'll join us on the other side of this commercial break. This is the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi.
to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Good stuff with Ben Milam. He's out at the peak today. Bob Getty's out there as well. Media day for baseball. We'll get cranked up. Scott Barry was on with us earlier in the week, and they will be practicing this weekend. Some inner squads, those are open to the public. So you can, uh, if you want to go out and, and watch some baseball this weekend, you can. But appreciate Ben's time on this uh, Thursday edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Luke Kelly and Michael. Second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg and anywhere. Uh, connected to the internet campus bookmark.net. Kelly, a lot of swag for Golden Eagle fans coming in for uh, for basketball this weekend there at uh, Campus Bookmark. And I know I always kind of joke about this, but look, those of us in the South, we enjoy a good meal, most of us. we got some big old boys down here. And lots of times when you'll shop for clothes online, you know, they never have our sizes. Well, they do at Campus at Bookmark. Campus Bookmark, they do. Um, so just, you know, no matter how big you are, they've got your size. So let good them stuff. take care of it. Good stuff. Ben, last segment, and I uh, want to bring our good friend now. We we have a nickname, right? We we love people. That's why we give them nicknames, right, Kelly? That's it. That's the most sincere form of flattery. So Stats McGee joining us now. He's from Hattiesburg. Patrick McGee, graduate of Southern Miss. Um, guru, analytical guru, all of that. How's your Thursday, man? Good. Glad to be on again this week. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming on. We talked baseball with Ben Milam last and, and want to open up and, and talk some basketball with you. Fox Bracketology today has the Golden Eagles as a 13 seed paired up against Marquette. Over the last week, seen two record crowds in the Jay Ladner area, area. Southern Miss right now, you could probably say they're, they're tied for first place, but they're kind of on the backside of that, being six and two, uh, lost to Marshall in Louisiana. Um, what's on the line this weekend? Again, let's kind of start there. What What's on the line this weekend for the Golden Eagles, maybe more so than just wins and losses? Yeah, I mean, I guess it, um, just getting into it, it's kind of two very winnable games, you would say, Arkansas State and uh, and Texas State. Those are two teams for the bottom of the league. And it's just kind of if you want to stay in that regular season, uh, regular season or title mix and then, you know, uh, Staying in the top four seeds. These are two games you want to win just to do that. But uh, I guess outside of wins and losses, you would just kind of talk about keeping momentum, uh, win these games, keep people excited. Uh, the next week you go on the road, if, if you could split those road games, um, you would uh, be in position to play, um, you know, Louisiana Lafayette uh, and Hattiesburg on February 9th. And that would, uh, you know, have huge uh, implications for the regular season title. Uh, seating and that, that could potentially have uh, you know one of the bigger crowds we've seen uh, in years. Yeah. We we didn't talk about this last week when we talked net, but we know in baseball basically a home loss is worse than a a road loss. Is it the same in basketball? We really need to win these two games and could afford possibly to lose one next week. You don't want to lose, but but does that factor into net like it does in baseball with RPI? Right, you have the the um, you know there's. The, Part of it is the strength of your record, um, and that's factored in uh, your home wins and road losses. I don't, I don't think they have the exact formula uh, out there, kind of in typical NCAA fashion. But uh, yeah, I mean, especially when you're playing a team that's in the 300s, some net. Uh, this is a game where the efficiency part of it, where if you win by, let's say you only win this game by four or five or so, that that could potentially drop you just because Arkansas State's rated so lowly. Uh, but if you were to take care of business and you know win by fifteen or twenty, 
which uh, the computers are looking at Ken Palm's projecting a 16-point win. That would uh, at least keep you level where you are and could possibly, if you win by a bunch, you know, uh, jump you up a couple spots. So. Kelly Stats, I want to ask you about you, – you dig into numbers that, that some people have never even heard of, but they're fascinating nonetheless. One of the things Austin Crowley told us yesterday on the show was that the Eagles have uh, this half-second rule. They say that if you, once you stop your dribble, if you're not going to shoot it, you need to pass it every half-second. You've got – I know you've got numbers like on points per possession and just, just some things that are amazing – is there anything Arkansas state-wise, as you take a look at this game, that jumps out that might be problematic for the Eagles if they don't mind their P's and Q's tonight? Uh, not necessarily anything that jumps out. I think one of the things you look at uh, at Arkansas State, they play pretty slow. Uh, they're a team, they're adjusted tempos. Only They're only averaging about 63 possessions a game. Uh, and their average offensive possession length is usually about eight or eighteen and a half seconds. Uh, so every their offensive possessions are yeah pretty slow. And if you just if you look at the fast side of that, like Marshall for example is one of the faster teams um, in the country in terms of pace. They're um, about fifteen seconds uh, for offensive possession. So that's I mean that's you look at the slowest teams in the country and the um, the fastest teams in the country in terms of pace. It's only about a three second difference. Uh, in terms of the average length of the offense possession, so you kind of look at that area in the shot clock, uh, in between um, you know fifteen and um, fifteen to eighteen seconds. That's usually how long a, a possession is. And Arkansas State's toward the bottom of that, so they, they play a little slower. Um, they don't shoot a lot of threes. Uh, they're um, uh, defensively, their uh, two point um, defense is pretty good, but nothing that. Uh, really stands out as uh, something that you would be super concerned about. Do, do the Eagles? Do the Eagles tend to play better against these faster possession teams, or the ones that are more deliberate, like the Red Wolves? Oh, it's been a little mixed. You look at the games that have um, kind of the, the fewest amount of possessions. You look at um, the Montana game; only had fifty six possessions, which is super slow. And that was the game you won. And then uh, you kind of look at a team like Liberty. Liberty is one of the slowest, uh, slower teams in the country. Um, they kind of play that Virginia style of basketball, the methodical. And that was the game you won. And then, yeah, I mean, but you can go back and forth and say, well, you know, the Lamar and McNeese State games, those were games that got into the mid-70s of uh, possessions, which is a lot. And those were games you won easily. So it, it's just, there's not a really a clear trend on that. There's been games that have been high-paced. Uh, the team has won. There have been games that have been you know slower-paced. The team uh, has lost, like the, um, that ULL game was only 64 possessions. So uh, not a clear trend on that. 64 possessions, Luke. I didn't even know that. Only Stats knows these type of numbers. You only get these numbers no, that, on the Eagle Hour. That's exactly right. Like the uh, the, the minutes. I mean, he just it, it's it's pretty amazing that, that, <laughs> that, that you, you know this stuff. But that's that's why they pay you the big bucks, right, right, uh, Patrick. But anyway, that, um, that's right. So so one thing I did look into: 74-57. Last time we played Arkansas State. We poured it on the second half, 54% from the field, something like that. They shot 26%. So it, that, that happens occasionally. Um, to, to that also, though, Crowley, who we talked to yesterday, almost 50% from the field. How much importance is it? Uh, do, do you feel like down the stretch it's going to be Crowley 
carrying the load, or is really the secret to this game, based, uh, to, to the rest of the season being the sharing. So if, if uh, you know, the double team goes down, we've seen four or five guys with the ability to be in the double digits for this team. Yeah, I mean, you kind of, when the year started, you kind of had that uh, that big two. It was kind of Crowley and Hase. Now you've developed it uh, with Peña in there. All three have pretty high usages. You know, all, they're all guys that can, you know, kind of create close to the bucket, and they're not really guys that are kind of spot-up shooters. You see a lot of these, uh, you know, sometimes these three-point specialists that, um, you know, they can only kind of have to rely on, you know, the point guard to create for them. And with those three guys, those guys, can they can all create. Uh, so that, I think that's what makes them unique. And then I think you just kind of look at those guys' minutes. You know, um, Crowley and Hasse are playing about 85 86% of minutes. Pinkney's at 75%. Uh, I think you look at the um, emergence and the return of Alvarez uh, could potentially uh, bring those numbers down a little bit, get those guys a little bit more rest now that he, you add him into the rotation. But, yeah, it's going to be those guys. Those are the three, uh, you know, uh, I guess, you know, biggest contributors on the team for sure. And they're going to be a big, uh, you know, and I have to, for, uh, and I have to wonder too. Yeah, yeah, I have to wonder too because when Alvarez did not play against the Red Wolves uh, in Jonesboro, so this will be something that the Red Wolves will have to deal with, you know, as well. And and how would you describe how this Eagle team is different with Alvarez in the lineup stats as opposed to not? Yeah, it's one of those things. It's something that really can't even be uh, you know tabulated on a box score. It's kind of just that disruptive. Uh, defensively, and I think you can see you might see that kind of showing up on the box score through steals um, once he gets kind of closer to 100. percent But yeah, it's just kind of the, uh, the the he calms the offense down. Uh, you know, it doesn't turn the ball over, which of course is something that comes with the box score. But I think it's just really kind of just that on-ball defense uh, makes the defense more disruptive, uh, and it makes the uh, I guess the offense just flow better with him in the game. And yeah. Luke, the, the Red Wolves have lost seven in a row. So yep. that, that's what scares me more than anything. I know that might sound stupid, but you, know, you play in Division One sports of any kind, you're you know the old blind hog finding the acorn every once in a while. I hope tonight is not that night. Well, if you come out and hit them in the mouth to start with, more likely to, to kind of continue that trend with them. About, about 20 seconds left. I thought it was interesting, another statistic, Patrick. Hase and Crowley, your two leading scorers, are also second and third in the assist column for this team. That says a lot about the approach on offense. Yeah, it does. I mean, the the turnover to assist rate is um, let's see, well, I can't find it, but oh yeah, um, sixty eight and um, assist uh, out of field goals made. So that's a good number to be at. So good stuff. We appreciate your time, man. I know you'll be there at Reed Green tonight, and it's going to get loud. Should have a huge crowd tonight, huh? I hope so. Hope we can get in that five thousand uh, range. So good stuff, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Luke. Patrick Stats McGee on the Eagle Hour. Appreciate that. What what was it the the minute statistic, Kelly? Oh gosh, I don't know. My head <laughs> my head is spinning. We talked about Nef- Al- Alvarez on the starting lineup, but Mo Arnold running the point two for the Eagles. We'll have some words from him after we take this commercial break. The Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour continues on this Thursday. It's game day. 
Eagle fans, get ready to go. If you do not have plans to make it to Reed Green Coliseum tonight, we hope that you will certainly change your mind. But if you just can't make it, 4th Street Bar and Grill is the place to watch the game. All the Everybody in there is an Eagle fan, and kind of like the old TV show Cheers, everybody knows your name. And the plate lunch there, always $9.95, and you get your uh, soft drink included with that. 4th Street Bar and Grill in the shadow of uh, M.M. Roberts Stadium, The Rock, right across the bridge, the 4th Street and Highway 49 Bridge. Glad that they're with us on the Eagle Hour. So, again, the men taking on Arkansas State, the second game of that series. That's tonight at 7 o'clock. The women, meanwhile, will return the favor. They will go up to Jonesboro to play the the Red Wolves. That's game two of the battle for the McNellis Cup, so to speak. Uh, Joy Lee McNellis, the head coach at Southern Miss. Her son, Connor McNellis, is an assistant coach at Arkansas State. The Arkansas State Red Wolves looking to avenge losses in both of those cases, but we're hoping that the Eagles can continue that streak. Then, of course, the Southern Miss men continue with a Saturday afternoon game against Texas State. Then they will begin a road trip, tough road trip. They will head to Troy for the second game of that series and then play at Georgia State. They'll take on the Panthers in Atlanta. That's all still to come as we continue to count down to the postseason. As Luke mentioned in the first segment, uh, one of the postseason prognosticators has the Eagles a 13 seed, I believe, Luke, in the, yep. in the tournament, which would mean, and no other Sunbelt teams were listed there, so obviously they think that the Eagles are going to win the postseason tournament that takes place in uh, Pensacola, and we're hoping that uh, that, you, that Eagle fans can make the trip down there. One of the guys that you that you haven't heard a whole lot about this year because he just quietly goes about doing his job is a Mississippi kid that learned early on that he wanted to stay close to home and play basketball just up the road from where he went to high school. Mo Arnold is uh, from Picayune, uh, prepped at Picayune where he was a maroon tide. Had a chance to sit down and talk to him the other day about not only the season that he's having but the season the team is having and about uh, Arkansas State specifically my interview now with Southern Miss guard Mo Arnold well Mo ain't this just like a party uh we're having some fun right now just tell me what's on your mind uh just feeling good about our season it's always feel good to win uh just feel like everything going in the right direction and uh we're just trying to continue to build on this and continue to uh, build a program where are you different today than you were when you first came to Southern Miss as far as your skill set goes? Uh, I say it's mostly like mindset. I think uh, when I first got here, my love for the game was kind of off. For now, it's like everybody locked in, trying to make sure that we make sure that we get to the main goal, which is uh, get to the NCAA tournament. So really, just mindset. Uh, I've been working all summer and just making sure we put everything together. You know, and even coming from a school like you did at Picayune, where it's been a football you know powerhouse for years, they've even had some good runs and in. in, in in baseball, the state of Mississippi really, I don't think, gets enough credit for producing quality basketball players such as yourself. Is that a fair analysis on my part? And if that is true, why doesn't Mississippi get the credit for cranking out basketball players like they do, say, football and baseball? Uh, I think it's because of the height. Like, when you get to the Division One level, it's a lot of um, six, six fours and up guys. Like, in the state of Mississippi, you don't see a lot of tall basketball players like you see a six three at the five in high school so i just feel like uh the the size matter a lot but if you if your talent showed then 
you would, you would get opportunities eventually. But yeah, I, I feel like uh, it's definitely a football state, though. Like people love football. <laughs> yeah, they they do indeed. But everybody's enjoying what you guys are, are putting on the court right now. So tell us what you guys are are working on to improve upon as a team. Uh, just not trying to stay complacent, like not saying satisfied. Like I know we won 17 games, but we can't be satisfied with a winning season. Like like I said, we still trying to get the trophy and bring that home and get to the uh, March Madness tournament. So, you know, we're just not trying to stay complacent. What has it meant to the student body? You guys are always up there jumping in the student body after the game. Man, they're, they're as excited as anybody for you guys. Yeah, we love their support, man. So that's why we always go show them love after the game. You know, because there wasn't that many people here last year. So when they come here, it gives us more energy and feed fuel to our fire. So we, we, we love that. We love that. And the fact that you're just right down the road, I imagine your family enjoys uh, getting to come and, and see you play and making this a, a party like we talked about. Yeah, they come to uh, every home game. Uh, when I was at Jacksonville, they tried to catch a lot. But now since we're close, they come to every home game. And that just, that's a good feeling. I always see your family, especially since I'm getting older, they getting older. So you can't get back time. So I, I, I love that too. Yeah, getting older, the ripe old age of what, 21? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they went yeah. straight downhill after after 21. Yeah. But man, this is, put this into perspective though, the, the, you guys, it, it's, a, it's a job for you, it's work for you guys, but man, this is, from a fan standpoint, man, we are having a blast. Oh yeah, we are. Do, do you ever stop and think that you guys are entertainers in a sense? Yeah, like, the more people, the more that we see, like, the more people that come, like, we have 4,000, like, now it feels more like entertainment, like you said, but uh, it's work, but it's fun work, so we enjoy what we're doing, so we, we just... That's what we do. Okay, and I know the goal is obviously to, to win the, the conference championship. To finish in that top four, that double bye would, would mean a lot uh, going forward. Um, and I know it's a game at a time, but have you really thought about you know at least getting into that top four? Uh, yeah, it's always we, we talk about that every day. Uh, making sure we take every game serious, just like Arkansas State coming up. Uh, how we beat them already, but we don't expect them. they just gonna lay down. Like we gonna we, we gonna get their best game since we beat them. So we just we always talking about like uh, we need them by games and like take every game serious. Like we can't let no game slip like we did before. Like at Marshall and Louisiana, like we can't make no more of them mistakes. How do you handle the discipline of also being a, a student as well as an athlete? I think lots of times that gets lost on people. Uh, Time management, it would seem to me, be pretty important. Yeah, it is important. Uh, if you if you if you can't take your schoolwork serious, then you won't be able to play. So that's just another part of being an athlete. So in order to play, you got to be able to pass your classes and stuff like that. So we take that serious as well. Now, one of the biggest, a lot of rivalries here with Southern Miss, but probably few rivalries as big as the Picayune Pearl River Central when you were in high school. Uh, which means? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, that's a big rivalry, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because so, I was kind of joking with you that I went to Pearl River Central and said you felt sorry for him. Oh, yeah, the Blue Devils, they can't mess with the wrong time. Man. Not, not, not in football, basketball, baseball, whatever y'all want to do, man. I'm a time fan forever. Just like nobody's messing with Southern Miss anymore on the basketball court. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mo, thanks so much. Yes, sir, thank you. Okay. 
Mo Arnold, uh, it's good to kind of chuckle there at the end. He's very proud of being a member of that Picayune Maroon tie. And when I said Blue Devils, I about got got run out of the gym. But uh, that's one of the things that we and we've talked about it before, Luke. It, man, it, it's so much easier to interview guys when you're rattling off a bunch of wins than than when it is. Uh, People want to talk about it. Yeah. People want to talk about they're proud what they're what they're doing. Um, and the grind of the season, it doesn't it never changes, but it becomes more, not softer, but it, it in some ways more joyful to deal with when you're doing it in the midst of, of wins as, as the Eagles have. I mean, you know, what we're looking at, I mean, this, this really hasn't happened, um, the record like this, you know, in a decade. And uh, it, it's something that you know people coming out tonight. You need to you need to appreciate. You need to to not take for granted. I mean that's that's the thing. What's what's difficult with baseball is there's such a demand now. There's such an expectation, and it in a sense becomes harder to do it. And on the the flip side, when you're first starting to to win again at this level, like in basketball, people can say, "Oh, this is great. This is one," but but you take it for granted, and so it's it's hard on on either end, uh, whether it's something that you expect or something that you just kind of find yourself in the middle of. And so people coming out tonight, I mean, enjoy it, as you said, you know, kind of, you know, they they are entertaining. I mean, it's a product, and and people are are finding it, you know, uh, exciting to be a part of. So when you come tonight. Enjoy it. It that's the reason for it. I, I sometimes you know in baseball and I've caught you've you've found yourself the same way. When Southern Miss is doing well, you you kind of say, well, can we? Is this really happening? Can we really hold on to this? And sometimes we miss the fact of that we should be enjoying the fact that we're doing so well. And when you pointed out that it's been ten years that an Eagle team has been this uh, this successful on the court, people genealogists say that what a generation is 20 years or they consider a generation between 20 this is half of a generation half of a generation that this team has been able to put up these kind of numbers so that kind of puts it in historical perspective i mean we talk all the time about how there were sellouts at reed green coliseum in the nit years you know back in the late 80s but my children never saw a sellout at reed green coliseum never you know to this day so wouldn't it be great you know, if you got back to that time. And I think the other thing that also does get lost on us, and I tried to bring it out in the interview, is this is work for these guys. If you ever go to a practice, man, you talk about blood and guts and sweat. Those practices, man, it's all out. Tip-off tonight at 7 o'clock, Southern Miss against Arkansas State. The women up at Jonesboro, and hopefully tomorrow on the program, we're going to be talking about two wins, both on the men and women's side. We'll preview Friday's show and give you a little bit of information about a lot of things when the Eagle Hour winds down after this final commercial break. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of the Eagle Hour on this Thursday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. DBATHattiesburg.com. They're on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Luke, 
Kelly, and Michael from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, good stuff today. Mo Arnold interview. Talk to Ben Milam of Ben Gold Nation. Talk to our buddy Stats McGee in Hattiesburg. If you miss any of those interviews, you can go back and listen on demand, supertalk.fm, or find us in podcast form. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. Luke, can I ask you a question? Yep. All right, now I know that, that you, and, you and Stats stats is like the numbers guy. If I were to ask you, like odds from an odds standpoint, what would the chances of the Eagles getting like a single buy in the conference tournament, or what would their odds be at this point of getting the double buy in one of the top four seeds? Would Stats perchance have any numbers on what those chances might be? Yeah, Kelly, uh, it's almost as if he if he knew Kelnack because he actually <laughs> tweeted about this about uh, three hours ago, two hours ago. Uh-oh. There you go. <laughs> yeah. At 11.37 a.m., he actually put these out. He was, he was uh, linking uh, another site. And so we need to distinguish, and I know what, right. what this means. We we're talking about this during the break. Southern Miss has a 100% chance at a, quote, single buy, a 94% chance as a double buy. That's the highest. Now you ask, what's the difference between a single buy and uh, a double buy? Well, think about the NCAA tournament because, Kelly, you sent me the bra- the uh, the actual – 2023 Sunbelt Men's Championship bracket. So think about really the 11, 12, 13, and 14 seeds actually play like a play-in game. Uh, okay. So everybody makes the conference tournament, okay? So so if you are a if you are a 5 through a 10 seed, you get a single bye. Because so you, what that, because you avoid the play-in game. Because you avoid the play-in game. So technically, the first they call it the first round. Okay. The first round on Tuesday, February twenty eighth, is eleven verse fourteen, twelve verse thirteen. Okay, gotcha. The second round, which takes place two days later on Thursday, March the second, my birthday, eight verse nine, seven verse ten, and then five plays the winner of twelve and thirteen. Six plays the winner of 11 and 14. So the second round is technically a non-play-in game. So Southern Miss is basically guaranteed to be to be a 1 through a 10 seed. Not have to play a play-in game. Not have to play a play-in game. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So if the double buy means that you are automatically in the quarters. The quarterfinals, and I think you mentioned this earlier in the week, Saturday, March the 4th, the one seed would play the winner of the 8 or 9 seed. The 2 seed would play the winner of the 7 and 10 seed. And then, depending on whether you're 3 or 4, still with a double bye, you basically play uh, the winner of the playing game versus the first-round game. So long and short of it is, if you get a double bye, you advance to the quarters automatically. Right, so stats says 100% chance of the Eagles not having to play a playing game. All right, so then what are the odds that the Eagles would actually have one of the top four seeds? So, yeah, double buy, just based off these these predictions, 94% chance of a double buy, which is the highest. Marshall at 91.7, Lafayette, Louisiana Lafayette at 76.9, James Madison 77.1. So, and, and after that, I mean, you know, Troy has like a 38%, so it drops off dr- dramatically. Um, you got to play the games. You got to play this game tonight. But I mean, based off 
what what it's looking at. I mean, there's a really really good opportunity. Eagles, we, we'll say this: if the Eagles don't get a double by Kelly, it, it's their own fault. And if they do get a double by, they will have greatly earned it. And we've joked that Stats McGee has no life, but aren't we glad? <laughs> that he he actually have... does. I mean, he, <laughs> but he he's spends a lot of time cranking out numbers, and you know. Copy, uh, what's the, the old calculators that print the paper and all that kind of, what did they call those? Adding machines, Michael, is that what they called them? I guess, yeah. <laughs> abacus? Neither Michael abacus, or, yeah, or I were alive when those were there. <laughs> An abacus. Yeah, what else is going on Southern Miss-wise, Luke? Well, Eagles, uh, Lady Eagles play tonight up in Jonesboro um, at, at 7 p.m. And tennis opens up this weekend, but guys, I mean, it really is. It's all eyes on tonight. Uh, you are playing the worst team in the Sun Belt. At the same time, you get to watch a red-hot Golden Eagle basketball team. So, so come out and watch them. And I'm telling you, the fact that Arkansas State saw seven in a row, that scares me to death. You know, because they're, they're, when all indicators are pointing, right, that Southern Miss should win this game and beat the brakes off of Arkansas State. Mm-hmm. But it's just when, you, just when you think that should be the case. Ask the 85 Bears in the Miami Monday night game. There were one loss that entire season because they went in a little. They were already that. doing the Super Bowl shuffle. Yes. Is that yep. correct? So you got to. Hey, um, quick, quick NFL news. NF, uh, NFC South. Uh, the Panthers have a new coach. They hire former Indianapolis Colt coach Frank Wright, so he'll be competing against New Orleans Saints. College football, Kelly, this is to unpack another time. Apparently during an LSU audit, LSU discovered last year they overpaid Brian Kelly by $1 million. Boy, I mean, I can see being off 10 or 15 bucks, but a million, somebody's not doing their job. And the USFL this year is going to be playing their games in Canton, Ohio. Nice. Can't side of the NFL uh, Hall of Fame. We've got a lot more tomorrow, including a look ahead to the Texas State basketball game this weekend, a recap of all the action tonight. We can't even wait to get to tomorrow night, but there's a game tonight at 7. We hope to see you at Reed Green Coliseum or talk to us tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.